1 John chapter 2. We have been learning from John. First of all, we learned that Jesus is life. We have eternal life in Jesus. Then we've learned that he is light. And if we are in darkness and we say we have fellowship with God, John says we're a liar. And he also says if we say we haven't sinned, we're calling God a liar. Because we're all sinners. We all have sinned against God. And we need to recognize our sin and confess that sin. Now he takes us a step further this week in the first two verses of John. He's going to encourage us, I'm writing this so you won't sin. So that you don't sin. You see, we're going to learn at the end of the message today is that we do not have to give in to temptation. In the power of God, we can overcome temptation and we can be victorious and be conquerors daily of sin in our life. You saw the video. You saw the traffic. That's Stone Drive right there. Okay. We deal with struggles every day. We struggle with the temptation of, of whether to disobey God or to be in obedience to God. And so we're going to be challenged today that we need to quit having this cop out. Well, that's just the way it is. I'm just going to sin. We don't have to as people of God. We can live above sin. We can live conquering temptation. The Bible says that God always makes a way of escape for temptation. So we need to be sensitive this week and be in God's word and be in prayer. And when a temptation comes, we're looking for that way of escape that God has provided. We can overcome sin. And so that's going to be our challenge. We are going to go into court. I have a gavel today. This is the gavel for the association. October the 18th, we will be hosting the annual meeting this year. I've been the moderator this year, and so I get to bang this thing, I think, on that night. But I'm going to bang it today. That's just fun to do. I like it. First service, a couple people were asleep, and I go, whoa, they jumped up, you know. So it's just so fun. So we're going to go into court. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, as they do in the courtroom, all rise. Okay, all rise who are able to. If you're not able to, we understand. We're going to read our two verses. And then our setting today is a courtroom. Verse 1, my little children. Remember, John is 90 years old, the apostle here. Betty Botts will turn 90 this year. If Betty Botts says to you, my little children, you just smile and say, man, that is sweet. He's 90 years old. For him to call us his little children, man, that's just a beautiful terminology there. Uh, it's just uh, terms of endearment here. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Hey, church, we can overcome sin, but we're going to be reminded in these next words. If we do sin, though, we have one who stands in the gap for us. So he says, I write these so you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself, God provided for us. He himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Let's pray. Thank you for the reading of your word. We stand at attention. We stand as the people of God, ready to receive our orders from the commander-in-chief, Jesus, that is you. 
We submit to your authority today, to the authority of your word. We submit to the working of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we are standing at attention out of respect for your word, but also as a, as a symbol of us submitting to your authority. Lord, whether people here in the sanctuary who are listening online, may we all submit to your authority today and respond appropriately how you speak into our lives. Take this word and apply it to our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Court is in session. You'll find on the back of your bulletin a very simple outline. Each of your blanks will begin with the letter A. So I've made it simple for you, and we're going to allow this outline to guide us as court is in session. When you take these two verses, it seems to be putting us in a courtroom situation. And so let's just imagine. I have a very simple mind. I, I'm just like my dad was. I'm very simple. I, I mean, I just, I have to understand things simple. And so I want you to come with me to the courtroom. And this is just no ordinary courtroom. This is a heavenly courtroom. And we need to understand who the characters are in the courtroom. First of all, the judge, we're going to be seeing him as God the Father is the judge for this courtroom. We understand in scripture that Jesus is the judge. We understand that. But in this case, Jesus is going to be a different role. And so in your bulletins, the first person, the next person I want you to meet in the courtroom is that we have an accuser. The district attorney in this case, the accuser is sitting on this side of our courtroom. Don't take anything personal. That's just where I'm pointing. Okay. And so Satan is here at the table and he is going to be uh, putting his verdict on us. He's going to be accusing us today. And so Satan is our accuser. Look in Revelation 12, 10. It's in your bulletin there. Scripture says in Revelation 12, 10, for the accuser of our brethren who accuse them before God day and night. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. When you read in the book of Job, there Satan comes before the presence of God. And he is accusing the brethren. There he was accusing Job. God says, check out my servant Job. And, and Satan says, yeah, I bet he wouldn't serve you if everything wasn't going so good. And God said, let's see. He's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us before God. So just imagine here we are in the courtroom. And so we're in the courtroom and there's the judge and there's the, the accuser. And I, I just imagine... The judge gives the accuser the opportunity to present his case. And, and so in the, we have to understand the rest of the people in the courtroom, we are on trial. I want you to imagine at the other table, there you sit and you're on trial today. And so Satan is accusing you and he's accusing me. Uh, just imagine Satan stands up and he begins his case and, and he says, today I'm going to prove without a doubt that this individual is guilty of terrible sins. That he or she has broken every one of the Ten Commandments. That they are a liar. They're a thief. They're disobedient to everything that you have said, Judge. He says, I would like to offer into evidence of their sin a recording of this because everything, everything is on record. 
At this point, the judge speaks up and he says, no need. I've seen it all. Can I remind us today as we're in this courtroom? Nothing goes unnoticed. You know, your husband may not see what you do on the computer. Your wife may not see. Your mom and dad may not see what you do on that computer or on that telephone, on that phone or on that website. Or You may think you've hidden it from everybody else. But it does not go unnoticed with God. That hidden sin in your heart, you may think you fooled everybody else. But you need to recognize God keeps a record of all things. Good and bad. Those times you serve God and nobody recognizes you, nobody pats you on the back. God noticed when your motive was pure. God noticed what you've done. God knows your heart. God knows your servant's heart. He knows nothing goes unnoticed. Satan, once again, in our courtroom, says the law has made it clear the law has made it clear that they are guilty and deserve death. To quote Romans 6.23, Satan says, the wages of sin is death. God says, I know what the law says. I wrote it. Now sit down and shut up. That's my favorite part of this. <laughs> sit down and shut up. Now the judge looks over to our table where we're seated and he says the defense will present their case. In your bulletin, you'll notice who our attorney is. Second of all, we have an advocate. His name is Jesus. He's our defense attorney. He's the one who will represent us in this heavenly court. Notice it says about him in verse 1. Our advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Let's make sure we understand these attorneys, okay? This attorney over here, the district attorney, the, the one who's accusing us, is the father of lies. He is a deceiver. He does not play by the rules. He's a cheater. He's a murderer. From the beginning, that's who he is. Our attorney is the righteous the righteous. Our attorney is the one who's always existed. Our attorney is the one who left heaven and came to earth. Our attorney, born of a virgin, lived a sinless, perfect life. He lived by the law. He, he never sinned. Our attorney is righteous. He plays by the rules. That is our attorney. The word advocate here is the Greek word, the same Greek word when Jesus was going to the Father after he he told his disciples, I'm going to be going away. I'm going to be dying. I'm going to resurrect and I'm going to the Father. But when I go, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he says. But I'm going to send the same word. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you one that's going to come alongside you. You're not going to be left alone. That same word is the word for advocate here. The word that Jesus used was described the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the Spirit of God who will come alongside you, will comfort you and encourage you. And now John, as he's writing, he says, we have a advocate. Advocate means called to one side. It means someone who is going to plead our case. So Jesus is our attorney in this heavenly court. If you're a believer, Jesus sits at your table. 
and he is there to represent your case. In your bulletin, you'll find the verse Romans 8.34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who, even at, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. <laughs> he is our advocate. Hey, believers, you have one who daily who 24 hours a day, who is interceding for you. You come today with a heavy burden. You're going through a difficult time in life. You've got one, if you're a believer, who intercedes for you daily, who is praying for you, who represents you to the Father, who knows your needs, who cares and loves you. He is there by your side. He represents you to the Father. He is interceding for you daily. He's the one that when we do sin... When we confess it, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He is there interceding for us. In our courtroom today, he is sitting at the table with us. He is our defense attorney on our behalf. So it's our turn to make our case. Jesus stands up. Your honor. Quiet. The courtroom is deadly quiet. Because the word is spoken. Jesus is speaking. Your honor. My client is guilty on all charges. And deserves death. There's a hush in the courtroom. There you and I are at the table. He's supposed to be representing us. And what's the first thing he says? He agrees with Satan that we are guilty. And that we deserve death. There's a hush in the courtroom and, and over there's a little giggle over here at the other table because Satan has got this arrogant smile on his face and he leans back in his chair with his hands clasped behind his head and he is just giggling. I got him. I got him. But then Jesus speaks again. Your Honor, if it please the court, I'd like to finish the verse. My opponent quoted earlier. I object, Satan says. The judge says, overruled, sit down and shut up. I like that. We'll hear it several times. Our defense, our defense attorney continues. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus says, I agree that my client's sin deserves death. I agree that he is guilty. But your honor, I offer into evidence exhibit A, the cross. The cross. Satan once again says, I object. And God once again says, you're overruled Sit down and shut up. There's a quietness in the courtroom. The judge says, court is in recess while I consider this matter. Look in your bulletin, the third part of our bulletin. We have an accuser, it's Satan. We have an attorney. We have an advocate, it's Jesus. And then third of all, we have been acquitted because the mercy of the court. Acquitted. There's a word here in verse 2. He himself is the propitiation. That's a big church word. 
propitiation. Propitiation means that something's been satisfied. The judgment has been satisfied. Something has, has took care of it. And so Jesus here, we see that God, he himself, is the propitiation for our sins. Not only for ours, but the death on the cross, his death on the cross is sufficient for all people's sins of those who will repent. Of those who will believe. It's sufficient, but not everyone will receive it. Many will reject. Propitiation. Notice that he himself. Don't get confused today that God is this mean God that just wants to judge everybody. God is a holy God and God is love. Can you say amen? And God set the rules up because he's a holy God. And to disobey him is called sin. And sin separates us from God because God is holy. But God didn't just stop there and say, hey, tough luck, you guys. You're never going to get where I'm at. God didn't say, say that. God said, hey, you can't meet my standards, but I'm going to provide a way for you to be saved and forgiven and where I can accept you. So he himself became flesh and came here and dwelt among us and gave his life for our sins. God provided salvation for us. God provided a way so that this propitiation, his judgment could be satisfied. God just can't look over at us at the table and say, hey man, I know you meant well and man, I know you really messed up, but let's just Let's just forget it. Let's give you another chance. That's not what God can do because that would make God unfair. God is holy. God doesn't break the rules. But God does say to us, you can't do what's needed, but my son did. Jesus did. He died for you. And so he provides the way that he can be justified to forgive us. And it's called propitiation. It was satisfied. So God reenters the courtroom. And God speaks. It's clear that your client is guilty on all charges and deserves death. Can I remind everyone in this sanctuary and everybody listening online, we are all guilty. We are all sinners. We all deserve death. We all deserve hell. Never forget that. Never forget that, because if you forget that, then you missed what the cross is all about. The cross. God goes on to say, but the evidence presented, the death of my son Jesus on the cross, satisfies the judgment deserved. Satan jumps up and says, I object. God says, overruled, sit down and shut up. God now gives his verdict. The verdict of this court is that your client, his sin, her sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. And they are acquitted. Once more he hits the gavel. Satan slams his fist into the table. He walks away silently once again in defeat. And then in my little mind, I get the picture of how this courtroom would play out. The father steps out of the judging area and he walks down to the defense table. And there I sit and there you sit and, and there is Jesus. And the father comes over and embraces his son. This is just Roger's imagination. And then the father looks at us and he embraces us.
You see, Jesus, the propitiation, He satisfied the judgment for our guilt. Colossians 2.14, it's there in your bulletin. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, we were guilty, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. We were guilty... But God, when we confessed our sin and we trusted in Jesus, believed in Him and received Him as Lord, all of our penalty of our sin was nailed to the cross. So God the Father is justified now to embrace us. We were guilty. We deserved death. But now because of Jesus, the propitiation, that sin, that penalty of the sin has been paid for. Now when he looks over at the table, he sees another son. He sees the righteousness of Jesus on our account. And he can embrace us and receive us as his own because of what Jesus did for us. One day, we will all stand in a heavenly court in reality. Everybody in this sanctuary and everybody listening online, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. We will all be in a heavenly courtroom one day, and we will stand before our Creator. Now, to those of us who are believers, if you're a believer and you've trusted in Christ, you've confessed your sins, repented of your sins, and received what Jesus did for you on the cross and put your faith in Him, then when you stand before your Creator, you will not stand alone. Jesus will be standing with you. And He will speak on your behalf. And He will say, this one belongs to me. My blood covers their sin. And then the Father will say... Enter in, enter into the presence of God in the presence of Jesus. Enter into heaven. Jesus will be there to represent us. He's there daily to represent us. But when we stand before God one day at the end of our lives, He will represent us and we will not be alone. He will be our advocate. And we will enter into heaven. But let me say with all the love that's in my heart. And with grace and mercy, let me say to you, if you're listening online or if you're here in this sanctuary and you're not a believer, you've not repented of your sins, you've not confessed your sins, you've not believed in Jesus, then that means you're lost in your sins. And if you die in that condition, you never trust in Jesus in this life, then you will stand in a heavenly court. But you will stand alone. You will stand alone before your creator. And when God declares you guilty, and he will declare us all guilty, but for us as believers, when we're declared guilty, we're acquitted and pardoned because of Jesus and the blood of Christ. But when he declares you that are lost, when he declares you guilty, you will complain, you will give excuses, you will say it's somebody else's fault. And all the time, sitting over here in the courtroom will be Jesus. And with all of your complaints, with all of your excuses, all the father has to do is just look over here at his son. And all of the complaints and all the excuses are invalid. 
Because you have the opportunity in this lifetime to trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for your sins. If you reject that in this lifetime, you have, every, you, you have the opportunity to reject Jesus. But just understand, if you do, you will stand alone before your creator and you will be judged for your sin. And the penalty of sin is death. And you will be sentenced to an eternal life in hell. Eternal death, not life. Eternal death in hell. That will be your sentence. But that doesn't have to be your story. Your story can change today. Right there in your living room. You can get on your knees if you're under conviction. Right now and just say, Jesus, save me. Here in this sanctuary. It doesn't have to be your story. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you, you can cry out to him right now. Jesus, save me. I repent of my sins. I trust in what you did for me. That doesn't have to be your story. And we go back to the courtroom as we close. The father embraced you. The son embraced you. And then Jesus looks at you and this is what he says. Do you remember the story about the woman caught in adultery and they brought to Jesus and they threw her down in the dirt there. And Jesus didn't even look up, but he was just riding in the sand. And all the accusers just left from the oldest to the youngest. Jesus said to the woman, woman, where's your accusers? And the woman looks up at those kind eyes of Jesus and she looks around and she says, there are none. Jesus says to her, neither do I condemn you. But listen to the words Jesus says, go and sin no more. There in the courtroom, after we've been pardoned, when we're saved, Jesus says to us, go and sin no more. Go and live for me. You see, 1 John is teaching us we are sinners. We can't say we're not sinners. We have to confess our sin for salvation. And when we sin after we're believers, there, there's forgiveness available. We can come back into the light and renew our fellowship. But now John is challenging us to say, but don't just make that a cop out to say, well, I can just live any way I want to. Jesus is calling us to a higher level of living and through the power of the Holy Spirit and through being in God's word and through spending time in prayer, we can be a people who are daily overcoming sin. We don't just have to give in to sin and just throw our hands up and say, well, what's the use? I'm just going to fail anyway. We, we will have our daily struggles and we, we will, there'll be times when we do sin, but let's just not give in. Let's be like the video and say, enough is enough. Not today, Satan. Not today, sin. There's a desire in me as I wake up this day that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and strive to live above sin and have victory over sin through the power of God. We don't have to be a people who live in sin. We can overcome it. Through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, we can overcome those. We get in these cycles and we struggle with the same sins and the same sins. Break the cycle through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to continue in that pornography. You don't have to continue in that addiction. You don't have to continue. There's people here in this church that are living examples. God breaking the cycle. Can you say amen? Well, that was really wimpy. I know you're in a courtroom, 
I know you're in a courtroom. You're supposed to be quiet. God can break the cycle of sin in our lives. Amen? Amen. He can do that, and he can do that in your life. And so, will we sin? Yes, but let's not make it a cop-out. Let's, let's try to have victory day by day, overcoming sin, and being a people who are living out in this world, being a witness, an example of holiness and living for Jesus. We can resist the devil. The Bible tells us God's made a way of escape for every temptation. He told Timothy, flee youthful lust. Run away from them. Let us strive daily to overcome sin. Jesus says to us, after he embraces us, he says, go and sin no more. But if you sin, that means you've drifted into the darkness, and I'm interceding for you. And if you'll confess your sins, then you'll come back into the light and have fellowship with your Creator. If there's sin in your life, confess it. If you're here and you're lost, you're listening online and you're lost, today everything can change for you. Trust in Jesus. By faith, believe in Him today and repent of your sins. Would you stand with me for prayer? Lord, one day we'll hear this gavel in the heavenly court. For those of us who are believers, there is no need to fear. There is no need to worry. Because Jesus, your blood has covered our sin. And entrance into heaven is totally dependent upon you, Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life, you said. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lord, if there's anyone here in our sanctuary or listening online that's not a believer and you're convicting them and drawing them, I pray they would respond in faith, repenting of their sins, confessing their sin, and confessing you as Lord of their life. I pray they would receive you as Lord and Savior today. Lord, as believers, help us to... To say, as the video said, not today, Satan. Enough is enough. We're going to break the cycle through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to overcome sin. We're going to quit making excuses and, and quit just selling out and, and quit just saying to cop out. Let us be a people who are moving forward in our faith and overcoming sin and seeing the way of escape of the temptation so that we can be a witness and we can walk in the light. Take this invitation and use it for your purpose, your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.